Because faith comes through hearing the message of Christ, this sermon has been uploaded for you by Grace Unlimited, a ministry that functions out of Living Hope Church, Pretoria, South Africa. We want Jesus Christ to have first place in everything in our church. And we want to help you know and follow Jesus in all of life and to help others do the same. Find out more or download many more free sermons at graceunlimited.co.za or livinghopechurch.co.za. Today we're going to start this short series on what it means to walk with God. What does it look like to go through this life and our everyday rhythms and have an intimate, deep, meaningful, real relationship with God? What does it look like to have God be part of our entire day and not just the, the 5 or 15 minutes that you get to spend in His Word and in prayer? And I'm excited about this series because what strikes me again and again as I think about the idea of walking with God is that God actually wants to walk with us. God actually wants to walk with us. He wants to be with me even knowing where I'm weak, where I struggle. And He still wants to be with me. I find that so overwhelmingly wonderful. And I hope you do as well. And so let us go to the Lord one more time and ask Him just to open up our eyes and our, and our hearts to understand and get to know Him better through this message today. Let's pray. Father God, what a joy it is to be back as a family. What a joy it is for us now to come before You and open up Your Word. Lord, indeed, this is Your Word. It's inspired. Every word matters. And so, Father, we pray, even as we heard last week, we pray, Lord, that You would help us to behold You. Through Your Spirit, You would open up our eyes, the eyes of our hearts, so that we can get to know You better. Lord, that is our desire for this year. We want to know You better. We really want to walk with You. And so we pray now that through your Spirit, you would give us the ability to focus and concentrate and soak in. And may your Spirit apply the, the truth of your Word to our every situation. Every single one of us here is walking. Walking somewhere. But we want to walk with you. And so help us now as we pray. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was reading this week and uh, there was this headline that caught my attention and the headline said, the man who went on a hike and never stopped walking. The man that went on a hike and never stopped walking. So I was intrigued, so I read further. And so let me introduce you to the man called Nimble Will Nomad. Pretty funny name, it looks as, his, his name is as funny as what he looks like. Nimble Will Nomad. See, Nimble Will Nomad decided when he was 61 years old that he's going to leave his home and start walking. On his very first hike, he took more than 10 million steps. He walked and walked and walked and he covered almost 7,000 kilometers on that first hike. And once he started, he could not stop. And the article explains that he said that the reason he was just walking and walking and walking is that he was looking for peace. He was looking for peace. He got so caught up with this idea of walking and walking and walking that he, he had his toenails removed so that he wouldn't get any sort of problems with his feet. 
Imagine that, getting all your toenails removed so you can walk properly for a long time. These walks took him on some difficult terrains. He was through rivers, over mountains, and into the swamps. He would sleep under the stars with a backpack and, a, and an energy bar in his possession. But Nimble Nomad was a bit of a strange guy with a strange story. Because as he was looking for this peace on his constant walking trips, he eventually decided he's going to sell everything he has. He's going to sell all of his stuff. He actually divorced his wife and became estranged from his kids. In other words, he wanted to walk alone. He wanted to do his own thing. And I think that is often how some people go through this life. They want a relationship with God, but they still want to walk alone. When we were at Bushman's River now for holidays in the Eastern Cape, one of the things you do when you get there is you go on walks. And you get to walk next to the ocean and see God's amazing beauty. But what makes those walks even more special are the people you are walking with. The people you get to talk to and share these amazing views of God's beautiful creation. I think that is why the scripture so often talks about the Christian life being like walking. Because instead of walking through this life alone, we get to walk with God. We actually get to walk with God. You see, number one nomad was looking for peace and he kept on walking and walking so he can find it. And now as I was reading the article, it says that one day on one of his hikes, he actually found God. He found God, or should we rather say God found him. And he realized that he does not have to walk alone through this life anymore. But the thing is, he didn't know what walking with God would be like. And maybe you can relate a little bit to Nimble Nomad in some way. Perhaps you recognize that even as a believer, you also want to walk with God through life with all its joys and all its challenges, but you're not always sure what that should look like. Perhaps you realize that there have been times where you have felt closer to God, and then times where you feel as if He is very far away and even less of a priority in your life. And so to help us understand what it means to walk with God, I want us to consider what God says about how we should walk with Him. Not so much interested in my opinion or yours, I'm interested in God's opinion about this. And today we are going to start with this sort of foundation to our series by looking at a familiar character as, as someone who was known for walking with God. In our scripture reading, we, we read of this man named Enoch. Enoch. I'm not sure who of you are familiar with the man named Enoch. And what's so interesting about Enoch is that he is someone that walked with God for 300 years. I mean... I think I struggled to faithfully walk with God for 300 minutes, let alone 300 years. And so the story of Enoch is so important and so, so wonderful because we can learn from him what it means to walk with God and to walk with God in a way that actually pleases God. So we're going to look at several different passages today. We're going to Look at Enoch's story in Genesis 5, but then we also have to turn to Hebrews 11, as Enoch is referred to there as well, and then we'll spend some time in Jude. And so to start us off, let us turn to Genesis 5 and consider what lessons we can learn from Enoch in how he walked with God. Enoch is a great example of someone who walked with God faithfully in a way that pleased God. And if you want to walk 
with God this year and enjoy Him and please Him in that walk, then the first thing we learn from Enoch is that to walk closely with God in a way that pleases Him, you walk by faith. You walk by faith. So let's start by reading from Genesis 5 verse 21 again. The Word of God says this, When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years. And he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Then again in verse 24, Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. See, there's a reason why this phrase is repeated twice. The fact that Enoch walked with God. It makes us sort of get alert. It wakes us up to see this is, this is something important. I mean, Enoch was already 65 years old. And then after he had his son named Methuselah, something happened in his life and he started walking with God. And he did it for 300 years. I mean, funny enough, number one nomad, he was about 61 when he started to go on his walk. Enoch was 65. But when Enoch was walking with God, it was different. See, walking here does not mean just literally walking down the road. See, in the Old Testament, we find two statements that sound very similar when it comes to walking with God. The first is to walk before God. To walk before God. It's like a soldier who walks before the eyes of his general. Keeping in line, knowing that the general has his eye on you. Psalm 56, 13 says, For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Walking before God. But then you also have verses that talk about walking after God. Walking after God. This carries the idea of submission. You know, like the sheep who follow the shepherd. Believers walk after God by following His guidance and His instruction. Again, all the way back in Deuteronomy 13, verse 4, God says to Israel, You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice. And you shall serve Him and hold fast to Him. So part of walking with God means that you walk before Him and you follow Him and obey what He says. However, when we are talking about walking with God, it's more than just knowing that He has His eye on you. It's more than just knowing that He leads you. Walking with God carries the idea of closeness. I want you to think intimacy. I want you to think it's like living your life where we are lifting our thoughts and our hearts to God often and instinctively because we are enjoying being with Him and we are relying on Him moment by moment. And Enoch did this for 300 years. I mean, I find this so encouraging because... I know how I struggle to enjoy God moment by moment in my life. And I find it so encouraging that all the way back in Genesis, we have a man who walked with God like this for 300 years. And if you consider the context of Enoch, then it's pretty striking. Safari alluded to it in his prayer. Ever since sin had come into the world, there has been the reality of death. It's death after death. Death continues to be the obvious reality as you read Genesis 4 and Genesis 5. For example, Genesis 5, 4 says, The days of Adam, after he fathered Seth, were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters again. Thus all the days of Adam lived were 930 years, but what? And he died. Then you get this guy called Seth, and it says, Thus all the days of Seth for 912 years, and he died. Jump over to chapter 6 and 7, you see, sin got so out of control that the, the death and the great flood with Noah are the main stories of those chapters. Yet in the middle of all this chaos, 
You have this man named Enoch who faithfully walked with God for 300 years and he never died. He never tasted the reality of death because he faithfully walked with God right into heaven. His walk with God was so pleasing to God that he never experienced death. Now to understand a little bit more about this, let's turn to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Because in Hebrews 11, this great chapter about the heroes of the faith, it says this in verses 5 to 7. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. It's like, imagine you're just walking around, living life. Enoch was there for a moment. Boom, Enoch's gone. He's gone. But now it says, Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. This is a man that pleased God. And without faith, it says, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. You see, from these verses we can see that Enoch was a man that, that pleased God. And the reason he pleased God is that he walked with God by faith. Because the text says in verse 6 that without faith it's impossible to please God. At the start of verse 5, it says that by faith, Enoch was taken up. So one of the first things we notice about Enoch is that this was a man who walked faithfully because of his faith in God. He pleased God because of what he believed. And the author of Hebrews helps us understand that what that actually means because he says toward the end of verse 6, for whoever would draw near to God must believe what? That He exists. Must believe that He exists. In other words, God is pleased to walk with those who believe that He really exists. Seems obvious though, right? Those who come to God must believe that God is the real God of this universe. That He is actual reality. I mean, so often we hear of people who believe in some sort of higher being. Some kind of sort of God of their own thinking. But God says that Enoch was the man that believed that God was the one true God of all creation. That God was the true and living God. Which means if you want to walk with God, you must believe that God really is who He says He is. That God really is who He says He is. You see, we can't explain reality without considering and believing the very nature of who God is. He is the one who is so powerful that He has spoken everything into existence. He is the one that is so self-sufficient that He does not need anyone or anything. Yet He is the one who says through His Son Jesus, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Which means what's true of the Father is true of the Son and the Spirit. And we must believe in the true God of Scripture if we are going to walk in a way that pleases Him. Foundational. Which means to walk with God by faith means that we walk believing He is our reality. He is our reality. And I think that's a good question to ask ourselves. Does my life show that God is real? Does my life show that God is real? When you struggle to find a job, does your faith indicate that you believe God is truly who He says He is? Does your life indicate that God is sovereign and all-powerful and there is no situation outside of His control? 
When you're confronted with sexually perverted images or conversations, does your life indicate that God is holy? That He moves in the opposite direction of sin? You see, Enoch was walking by faith in a way that pleased God because he believed that God is who He says He is and therefore he also walked against the current of the sin-cursed culture of his day. I mean, every time we go to the beach, we see people swimming in the ocean, they get caught up in these riptides, the, these strong currents at the back. And we all know that's what it's like living in this sin-cursed world. I mean, Scripture tells us, before the flood came, Genesis 6 verse 5 says that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that the every intention of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I mean, that's pretty bleak. You see, we can easily think that the world we live in is so much worse than Enoch's. But Scripture clearly tells us, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because here you have a man who walked against the culture of his day because he really, really believed that God is who he says he is. You see, when you're walking, you're moving in a certain direction, right? We can all agree on that. Walking implies moving. And the question then for us is, in what direction are you moving? In what direction are you moving? God walks in the opposite direction of sin because of who He is. And if we are going to walk with Him, believers will also have to walk against the strong, sinful current of our day. People who walk by faith take one step at a time in obedience. And guess what? A series of steps becomes a walk. A series of steps becomes a walk. When my wife and I go on walks on Monday mornings, we have our watches on that can count our steps. And that is one way we can see the kind of progress we made in the time that we've been walking. And these watches are nice because they help us see if we've reached our goal. But sometimes people can get so close to their goal with these watches you know what they're doing? They're lying on their bed and they're just shaking their arm. Right? Trying to get those steps to go higher and higher and higher. But they're lying on the flat on their back. But they're moving their arm. Thinking they're walking. Trying to fool the watch thinking they're walking. But that's not walking, is it? And some people are doing the same thing in their relationship with God. You think you are taking steps with God, but what you're actually doing is you, you're stuck on the couch trying to fool yourself, thinking you're moving forward. Rather than walking with God, you are taking too many walks with, with, with sinful, the sinful crowd of our day. Following the sinful desires of your heart. See, the goal of the Christian life is not simply to take one step forward this year. The goal is we want to walk with God. We want to believe that He really is who He says He is. We want Him to be part of everything we think and do. And we want to show that through how we live our lives. I like how one man describes this walking by faith. He says... A faithful obedience of walking where it's a series of steps not just one step but a series of repeated steps that turn into a walk with the person you are walking with which is God and you are moving in the direction of his revealed nature and character that is in opposition to sin and this happens over a long period of time like Enoch The thing is, if you are going to walk with God and believe He is who He says He is, you must know who you are walking with, right? You must know who you are walking with. Too many people have come up with their own idea of who God is and what He is like. 
Too many people try to walk with God and walk with the world at the same time. Thinking their sin is not such a big of a deal. But even as we apply Akani's message from last week again and actually ask God to reveal more of Himself to us as we behold Him, then we are asking God to show us more of who He is. In our family devotions, we've been reading through different Psalms. And one thing I do is I want my kids to look for is I ask them to read the text and tell me who is God from this passage. What does this text tell you about the nature of who God is? What does it tell us about God's character? And it's amazing to see how the Bible just colors in all these pictures for us about who God is and what He is like again and again and again. Because for example, if you think God is tough, if you think He doesn't want to be with you, if you think he's tough and he doesn't want to be with you because of all that sin that goes on in your heart, that's going to impact the way you walk with him, right? I mean, I'd like God to be there, but you want him to walk in the front, you just want to keep a safe distance at the back. Don't want to get too close. But then you read passages like Psalm 17, 8, where the psalmist prays and he says, Keep me. As the apple of your eye, hide me in the shadow of your wings. And you slow down and you take all of that in, you realize that this is a God who loves me, that protects his people, wants me to come hide under his wings, that sees me as the apple of his eye. We can actually hide in him. I'm not sure about you, but that sounds to me like closeness. That sounds like intimacy. You see, the thing with Enoch is he was a sinner too. But God was pleased to walk with Enoch because God was pleased to give Enoch the righteousness he needs. Because salvation, as we know, is always by faith. Isn't it striking? All the way back in Genesis, here we have... A picture of walking with God by faith. Enoch had to believe. He had to trust. He had to put his confidence in the fact that God wanted to walk with him. And that is only possible because Enoch truly believed that God is who he says he is. I mean, do you know the God of justice, the God of mercy, the God of peace? And if you do, does that show in the way you live your life? Enoch not only walked by faith, believing that God is who he really says he is, he also walked in a way where he was seeking God. That's number two. To walk with God closely in a way that pleases him, you walk by seeking him. You walk by seeking him. Look at the rest of verse 6 from Hebrews 11. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists. That's number one. And then next, that He rewards those who seek Him. That He rewards those who seek Him. Enoch pleased God because he believed that God is the reality of his life and that God rewards those who seek Him. Enoch believed that God was personal, that God was close, a God with whom he could have a constant fellowship, but also the God that rewards. He believed that God would reward him for his pursuit of him. In other words, he believed that God will reward those who come to him in faith and obedience. God rewards those who want to be different from the world. God rewards those who live as if God is the true reality. You see, the word for seek can also be described as drawing near, which in turn can also be described as to beat a path underfoot. To beat a path underfoot. And so it's like 
let's say you live next to someone and you regularly walk over to see them. And because you walk the same path every day, the grass you're walking on becomes this clear path to their front door. See, in the same way, we need to see God and go to Him constantly so that the path to Him is obvious and clear. It becomes instinctive to know where to go because we know that God rewards those who seek Him in this way. I think we can recognize that no one accidentally seeks God. This is an intentional movement toward God. This is an intentional drawing near. Proverbs 11:18 says, "The wicked yearns earns deceptive wages, but the one who sows righteousness gets a sure reward." In other words, those who see God and want to walk with God and be more like God will not look to earn some money in a sneaky or corrupt way. But they rather seek to honor God because they know that God rewards those who do what is right. And maybe you have not been seeking God. Maybe that shows in the way you live your life. It shows in your doubts. It shows in your lack of holiness and godliness. It shows in the conflict you have with other people. It shows in the way you think that you can honor God with your self-effort and obedience by being so task-oriented that you are not seeking God and His rewards, but the feeling of pride and self-accomplishment. You see, the same God that spoke to the nation of Israel through the prophet Jeremiah is the same God who speaks to us today. He says this, Jeremiah 3, 9, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. In other words, God promises that He responds to the person who comes to Him in faith, who genuinely seeks forgiveness. The person who comes to Him by faith, who genuinely seeks righteousness. I mean, look at how God says it so beautifully in Proverbs 8, 17. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Let me ask you, as your pathway to God maybe become so overgrown with worldly weeds, is that path not clear anymore because you have made some new ones or you, you're seeking to follow the things of this world? What are you really seeking in this year? More money? A spouse? A happy family? Jesus said, and we know it, but do we believe it? He says in Matthew 6 verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all the things will be added to you. This is what Enoch was doing. See God and live for His kingdom and believe that He will reward you. Enoch, believe that God is who He says He is and that God will reward those who seek Him, who come to Him, who want to be more like Him. And that helped him in his walk with God. It helped him to be motivated by righteousness. It helped him to see God's reward. And it's easy to think that Enoch was simply seeking heaven, right? I mean, God was so pleased with Enoch that God took him straight into heaven. I mean, we know it's only Enoch and Elijah who were taken up by God in this way. There are the only two men we know in Scripture that never experienced death. But even as we said last week, heaven was not Enoch's reward. God was Enoch's reward. God was Enoch's reward. He walked with God. 
He took a series of steps in obedience and in pursuit of righteousness. And he was blessed with a deep personal relationship with God. He walked with God in the same direction for a long period of time. Faith believes that what God says is more important than my desires and what my feelings say in that walk. Faith believes that who God is is more important than what others think of me. Faith believes that there is true joy in obeying and doing what God says. Because my walk with Him means that I trust Him more than I trust myself. Do you see walking with God and having this great intimacy with Him as a reward? What is stopping you from seeking Him today? Tomorrow? Tuesday? And the thing is, people who enjoy being with God and who get to know Him better and what He is like can't stop talking about Him. It seems that the same thing was true for Enoch. This is our final point, number three. To walk closely with God in a way that pleases Him, you walk with the right fear, making Him known. You walk with the right fear, making Him known. I think it's sad to think that sometimes we can think of a relationship with God as being heavy and oppressive and intimidating. Some people think that God is out to get them. But if you have the right fear of God, then it changes your view of God. I mean, I'm quoting Dr. Wayne Mack here, someone we all know and love so well. He said... The fear of God is the inevitable response to a growing biblical understanding of and relationship with the true and living God who has revealed Himself, especially in Jesus Christ. It's inevitable. If you're really spending time with God, you will fear Him more. And you will fear Him more in the right way. When you are growing closer to God, you start to fear Him in the right way. The way that wants to make His holiness known. And we know the Bible is full of repeated exhortation after exhortation, indicating to us how important it is to fear God in the right way. Let me just mention a few. Deuteronomy 8 verse 6, Moses says to Israel, so you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and by fearing Him. The right fear of God was motivating them to obey what God has commanded as a way of life. In Deuteronomy 10 verse 12, you see the added motivation. It says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Fearing God is for your good and for the good of those around you. Let me give you one more verse that makes this clear. Psalm 128. Psalm 128. Just the first few verses. Look at how important the fear of the Lord is for the whole family. The psalmist writes and says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. You shall eat of the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed. And it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who does what? Who fears the Lord. In other words, the, the man who fears the Lord will, because of his relationship with God, see the fruit of that in his family. 
Because when you are fearing God in the right way and obey what that God has commanded, that it influences the people around you. This was so very true of Enoch. Now I need you to stick with me here for a moment. Alright? I'm going to have to work a little bit here. Here we go. Back in Genesis 5, we see that Enoch started to walk with God when he had a son named Methuselah. What's so interesting is the meaning of Methuselah. It means, when he is dead, it shall come. When he is dead, it shall come. In other words, when Enoch had this son Methuselah, it was a kind of prophecy of what was going to come. It's sort of a reference to the flood that is coming. Genesis 6. Where God is going to wipe it all clean and start again. And if you jump over now to the book of Jude, you see a bit more of what was going on here. In the book of Jude, we find this reference to Enoch in verses 14 and 15. And it says this, It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of His holy ones, to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such ungodly way. And of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against them. In other words, Enoch was in a world full of false religion. There were all these false teachers. If you know the book of Jude, you know it's addressing this issue of false teachers. But we learn here that Enoch was the seventh generation from Adam, right? The seventh from Adam. And Enoch was preaching. He was preaching. He feared the Lord. He understood that judgment was coming because the name of his son meant when he dies, there is judgment. And in response to that, he preached and preached and preached. And it wasn't a popular message he was preaching. Yet because of his fear of the Lord, he made it known. Because of his fear of the Lord, it had this impact on the people around him. His example of faithfully walking with God and proclaiming the message of God had such an impact on the generations after him. Because think about this, who was the man that God spared through the flood in Genesis 6? Noah, right? Where it seems like everyone on the face of the planet was only evil continually. You find this one man called Noah. And how does the Bible describe Noah? Genesis 6 verse 9. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Guess what? Noah walked with God. Where do you think that example came from that Noah walked with God? It was because of the impact of his great-grandfather Enoch. Talk about making a spiritual impact for the Lord from one generation to another. Obeying and fearing God in the right way. Because of Enoch's faithfulness, God was preserving the bloodline through which we he could keep the promise he made all the way back in Genesis 3.15. The promise that one day there will come a Savior. And that Savior will walk among the people and draw people to Himself. A Savior who would walk and carry His own cross. A Savior that would walk to His death. And church, God is patient. God wants people to turn to Him. God wants people to walk with Him. You see, Methuselah lived 969 years, and then he died. And then what came? The flood. I was thinking about this this week. This is sort of a sidetrack. Imagine you were the parent of Methuselah. Every time he goes near a cliff or, or, or some sort of wild animal, you're like freaking out. Let's just keep this kid alive. Because if he dies, judgment comes. 
And why do you think Methuselah lived for such a long time? It's so that people can turn from their sin before they experience God's righteous judgment. The God we walk with is the God who is long-suffering. The God we walk with is the God who is merciful. The God we walk with is the God who gives us time to repent. Enoch walked with God believing that God is who He says He is. He walked with God seeking His reward. He walked with God with the right fear, making Him known. And God used that to impact the next generation. God used that to make a way for you and me so that we can walk with God. We should never underestimate the importance of fearing God and obeying Him because we might actually show someone else who God really is and they might repent and be saved. Your righteous walk with God can actually lead someone to salvation. And we know that God's judgment is coming when Jesus is coming back. We know this church. And so perhaps today God is just helping you realize once again the importance and the privilege we have of walking with Him. Because what we have learned from Enoch is that to walk with God in a way that pleases God means you walk faithfully. In your home, at your job, and how you give here at church and the way you serve here at church, wherever you go. It's a walk that believes that God really is who He says He is. Where your life shows that God is real. It's also walking in a way where you are constantly seeking God. The pathway to Him is clear. So as you go to Him through His Word, that Word becomes part of your your thought and your deeds. Knowing what Jesus Christ, who He is, and how He's made a way for you to be with the Father. And even as you keep reading Hebrews, knowing that we can draw near because of this great high priest that we have that intercedes for us. But walking in a way that pleases God is also walking with the right fear of God. People who fear God in the right way are going to be talking about Him and living in such a way where where their godly example is going to have this massive impact on the world around them. And so in the weeks ahead, we're going to be talking about walking in a way that is worthy of the gospel. We see that in the New Testament. We're going to see that means walking in love. That's going to be a message. We're going to talk about walking in holiness. We're going to be talking about walking in the lights. We're going to be talking about walking wisely, making the best use of our time. And the more we get to know God and the more we take steps after Him, the more we start to walk with Him in a way that actually pleases Him. A walk of intimacy and of true joy. A walk that helps us see that, like nimble will nomad, that we never have to walk alone again. Never have to walk alone. If you have put your true faith in Jesus Christ. God wants to walk with you. Jesus makes that clear. Because isn't it interesting that even as you read the New Testament, the Bible opens and says, no one seeks after God. Everyone has turned their own way. Yet here comes Jesus. And He finds us. And He turns our worlds upside down. And he says, follow me. We can walk with God because of Jesus. The fact that Enoch did not die shows us that with God there is life. With God there is life. That is a big moment in the story of redemption. When everyone else is dying, God shows us with Him there is life. 
When Jesus hangs on that cross dying, God show us through Christ there is life. And today He's calling us to turn to Christ and to walk with Him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the amazing example of this man, Enoch. A man, just an ordinary man, who walked with You by faith. Who walked with You, obeying Your commands. Who walked with You, showing the world that You are His reality. Thank You that He did so for such a long period. Lord, we know we get exhausted through the trials and challenges of this life to to be faithful. But Lord, He walked seeking You. I pray, Lord, for, for us as a church that we would seek You. That You would be our number one priority this year. That we would be a path underfoot in the way we come to You again and again and again and again. And Lord, as we come to You, show more of Yourself to us. Show us who You really are. So that as we walk by faith, we walk believing that You are really who You say You are. That as we look at the cross and we see Jesus dying in our place, we believe that You are a God that forgives. You are the God who raises us to newness of life. You are the God who indwells us through your Holy Spirit and allows us to walk with you in a way that pleases you. Help us to fear you in the right way. Help us to have the right fear of you that we would want to move away from the world and sin and enjoy you more. So that as we walk in this world amongst all this sin, we might make you known. Because we are never alone. Thank you for this wonderful truth. Help us, Lord, to enjoy it in this world. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.